ABC Radio. You're listening to Nightlife. Nightlife with Philip Clark. CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, has wound up in the United States. It's the annual political conference attended by conservative activists and elected officials. On the weekend, Donald Trump delivered the conference's headline speech. On Saturday night local time, he told a cheering crowd of supporters that he was engaged in his, quote, final battle. As he tries to return to the White House, he also said he, quote, wouldn't even think about leaving, even if he is indicted. He is, of course, under investigation by prosecutors probing his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, as well as his handling of classified documents, among other issues. Well, Trump camp's also very angry at the moment with Rupert Murdoch and the Fox News Network. Rupert Murdoch spoke under oath last week in a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox by a voting machine company called Dominion Voting Systems, where he acknowledged that Fox News hosts uh, endorsed election fraud falsehoods. In other words, they told lies and knew about it. Joining us for the Nightlife News Breakdown tonight, we're joined by Scott Mitchell, editor of the 7am podcast, a daily news podcast that digs into a single topic each day. And they're looking tomorrow at the Fox v Trump spat. Scott, good evening. Welcome to Nightlife. Good evening, Phil. So glad to be with you. Good to have you with us too. Just set this up for us. Rupert Murdoch, of course, used to be seen as a major Trump, well, not just seen, he was a major Trump supporter, particularly through the Fox network. But the relationship has cooled big time, hasn't it, with his deposition in this defamation case? What's, what's, uh, what's caused the change in the wind? Yeah, absolutely. And look, Phil, you may remember, you know, those early days of Trump's political kind of career were really launched by his ability to just call into Fox News live on air and and say whatever he wanted. And that was really the first juice in his kind of political career and what shot him to the top of the Republican nominations. And now all these years later, these huge cracks are emerging. And as you say, at CPAC, some big Trump people um, were lambasting Rupert. Um, so, so what's this all about? Well, it's about that through these depositions last week, we're finding out much more that this marriage between Murdoch Media and Donald Trump was really a marriage of convenience, um, Phil. You know, mm. Trump gave Fox ratings and Fox News gave Trump a kind of very compliant and, and loyal platform, and that made them synonymous. But actually, you know, Murdoch, we know already at the very beginning he was quite um, critical of Trump entering the race and entering politics. He thought Trump couldn't do it. And what we're learning in these depositions is maybe that didn't really go away. You know, he, in these depositions um, and, and the files that have been released of emails from inside Fox, Rupert Murdoch was calling these claims that the election was stolen really crazy stuff. That's a quote. Murdoch is calling the claims really crazy stuff. So, Behind the scenes, while Fox was publicly sort of allowing these claims of a stolen election on the air, privately, a lot of very senior people, including Rupert himself, knew that it was crazy and um, that these were bits of misinformation. And so we're, we're learning that really it was a commercial decision for Rupert and Fox to back Trump. It was a marriage of convenience and, and not really one out of a huge amount of political loyalty. Mm, mm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Steve Bannon, who's an ally of Donald Trump, has dramatically escalated the conflict between the former president's uh, Make Australia Great Again, Make America, sorry, Make America <laughs> Great Again movement and the conservative Fox News Network. Here is he... This is Steve Bannon speaking at CPAC last Friday. 
Show us what the Murdochs, a bunch of foreigners, have given us. What have they given this country? Nothing. They don't respect you. Read the depositions. The deposition, they have a fear, a loathing, and contempt for you. And you're the ones that can make changes. And old man Murdoch, while you're at it, why don't you no more softball interviews to the guys running against him and no more infomercials, okay? Play it straight. You play it straight. Donald Trump's going to win the primary and Donald Trump's going to win the presidency. Hmm, dear idea. That's Steve Bannon. Uh, foreigners, what have they ever done for us? <laughs> well, <laughs> provided him with a mouthpiece through the Fox network that probably got him to the presidency is what they've done. Is is it such a good idea? To, I mean, there are, in a sense, high stakes for both sides, aren't they? After all, if Trump does triumph here without Murdoch, uh, Murdoch and his Fox News network are left looking very, very hapless indeed, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely they are. And and another huge thing that comes out of these depositions, Phil, is, you know, they have market concerns about this. Is Fox News part of the reason they backed Trump's um, and Trump the Trump camp's claim so much was they're scared that there's more further right-wing media than them, these new upstarts like Newsmax and, and sort of even further right networks mm. that Trump audiences could go to. So as you say, exactly it leaves both camps in a pretty precarious position where if Trump triumphs without Fox, um, suddenly Fox might look a bit out of the lurch to conservative voters. Well, they'd they'd be in a very serious position, wouldn't they? If Trump wins without mm. Fox, then really Fox are in a very difficult position. Where do they go? Reposition themselves back in the centre. Well, that would be a recipe for disaster, wouldn't it? For them. I mean... You're absolutely right. I think more likely they might sort of, even though they seem to be backing Trump's main rival right now, Ron DeSantis, and they seem quite welded on, I think that if Trump wins the candidacy, maybe Fox News just tries to mend fences because I don't know if they can go back to the center at this point. They're they're really far down this gambit of courting the American conservatives. Mm. I suppose on the other side uh, of the coin too, it's a big gamble for Donald Trump to pick uh, to pick a fight with with Murdoch. After all, the Fox News network is highly influential in conservative politics, as we know, and uh, nobody seeking the presidency, as Trump apparently is, uh, should be trying to antagonise any media network. You'd think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. As, again, and but the fascinating thing about this is that. This kind of spat, um, even though a lot of people close to Trump are really angry, it's kind of playing out much more in sort of the New York Times, your sort of small L liberal Mm. media. And, you know, a lot of conservative voters may kind of, in fact, miss a lot of just how fractious this is getting. Well, they're not reading reading the New York Times. In fact, they would regard the New York Times as their their mortal enemy, I would imagine, (laughs) and part of the problem with America. Yes, all right. Interesting uh, developments. In another news topic you've uh, been digging into too. We, in fact, discussed this this uh, this issue uh, not so long ago here on Nightlife. The accessibility of abortion in Australia. Now it's legal in all states, of course, but uh, the fact that it's legal and actually managing and actually uh, and actually being able to obtain the procedure are two quite separate matters, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, We had um, a great journalist on our show, Esther Linda, as a guest to help us dig into this. And, you know, there's this story um, just today in the Sydney Morning Herald that just talks about how difficult it is in a state that, you know, has decriminalised abortion, as you say, but still, you know, today there are 
women who are really struggling to access abortion, um, particularly at hospitals, and some of the stories um, of of women that are coming out talking about, um, you know, trying to access care are really, um, you know, concerning to read when really in this country we should be so far past that. And, mm. you know, Phil, it's, you know, it's a situation that a lot of people very close in the sector have been talking about for a long time, and and that's that there's a huge problem with access. And we like to think of ourselves as this country that's kind of moved so far beyond um, the debates happening in America about about abortion, and and yet the kind of provision of care, how how you're able to access it, it's incredibly expensive depending on where you you why live. Why is it? So they, why is it so difficult? Why why won't why won't public hospitals do it? Well, basically, it's it's a huge issue of of demand. Basically, is that you know you have um, you know the you only have a few doctors who can. Uh, you know, perform the the procedure when you're talking about surgical abortion. Mm. And um, meanwhile, you know, there's a concentration of them in certain postcodes. They could really call it, you know, in some ways a postcode lottery when you're trying to access care. And often people have to go to, say, pri- private clinics, get referred from public hospitals to private clinics to to get in, in there and get the care they need. Mm. Yes. I mean, it should be an ordinary bulk build medical procedure, you would think. I mean, the truth is that some hospitals uh, are not exactly, even though it's a legal procedure, are not keen to do it, are they? Particularly hospitals that are that are associated with, uh, with a number of Christian faiths. Well, yeah, you are allowed to. Um, there is sort of a provision for you to sort of conscientiously um, object as a as a doctor, based on but you know, not your, as a hospital, <laughs> not as a hospital. no, exactly, exactly, and and sort of the qualification tied with then that that thing that some some doctors can conscientiously object means that just the supply of of doctors um, who who are who are providing the procedure is is too small at the moment and really needs to be addressed. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right, Scott. Good to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.